0: This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now, keeping himself with Martinez five, he is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge runs in for 15 yards out, tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on at Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship three cents one over the florida gators now shoots the three got it
1: isaiah roby nails
0: it from three-point
1: land
2: and a good time was had by all hey folks welcome in Calan husker hour here for you on a saturday morning a rather beautiful saturday morning uh if i may add i believe i could check the temperature yeah we're up to 70 degrees it's only nine in the morning uh, using the sophisticated iPhone weather app, uh, take it with a grain of salt, uh, get up to a high of 79 today, clear skies uh, throughout the day. So that's going to be fantastic for those of you looking to enjoy some great weather, which we have not had that much of um, thus far in 2019, but but there you have it. Um, my name is Tim Curran, KLN Sports Director. Normally I am joined in studio by Cole Stuggenholtz, but he, folks, has, has left us this week. Um, he's, he's left me abandoned all, all while my lonesome, but for a good reason, um, as he welcomed in his, his fourth child, a uh, baby violet was born, um, earlier this week, seven pounds, four ounces, um, little violet Stugenholz, um, is now, uh, a member of, of, of Cole's life. And that's fantastic to hear for both him and his wife. Um, yeah, baby number four. Um, so Cole, I hope he knows what he's getting into. He's already had a few um, already, but that's that's fantastic news. And of course, he's going to be out for um, this week and, and, and next week, but uh, should be back after that. But of course, there's no rush because um, that is that's fantastic news. So unfortunately, folks, you're, you're you're just stuck with me, just me rambling. Cole's not here to stop my tangents and and everything like that, but, but that's okay because we have a lot to talk about this week. I mean, this was a not insignificant amount of news. I mean, we had. A lot of things that happened, of course, uh, Nebraska, the, the big news, I'll just get right out of it, and, and we'll, we'll be discussing this um, throughout the show today, um, is Nebraska, for the first time since 2014, has won an NCAA tournament regional game in their 8-5 to takedown of the UConn Huskies yesterday. In fact, it was their first, first round win uh, their fir- of the first game, I should say, um, since 2008, so that's, that's pretty monumental news. Uh, Nebraska's going to be playing later today against Oklahoma State. They're the host, quote-unquote, I say quote-unquote, because they're playing in Oklahoma City rather than Stillwater due to some weather. Um, but, yes, they will be playing Oklahoma State at 7 o'clock tonight. That's a 6.30 pregame start on KLIN, so we're going to have coverage of that for you. And So, of course, Nebraska is guaranteed to play till at least Sunday um, because of that first-round win. Um, they'd probably play Oklahoma State again. I imagine Oklahoma State's going to take care of business Um Anyway, but Nebraska—that's going to be a really tough test for them. I mean, I think it goes without saying, but you would almost have to believe—and maybe I think I'm getting okay. I'll I'll pump the brakes. I'm getting ahead of myself. I think Nebraska uh, will just start breaking down that win over UConn, the eight to five. So Nate Fisher actually was his worst starting performance, I think, believe since February. Uh, Nate Fisher, Nebraska started the senior southpaw from Utah. He went four and two thirds innings pitched. Gave out 13 hits and 5 runs. um, Did not have a single strikeout. So that was actually his worst outing he's had um, since since pretty much the beginning of the season. But it didn't matter because Nebraska actually woke up the bats. I mean, I think every single person, yes, uh, confirmed by the box score here, every single batter who actually had an at-bat got a hit. Uh, Jackson Homer, Cam Chick, I mean, you go down the line. Um, but Spencer Schwellenbach especially was great. Angelo Altavilla was fantastic. Gunnar Hellstrom came up big with three hits. Um, but Altavilla had that solo shot there in the top of the second and also had that RBI to bring in the tying run that made it 4-4. Um, that was such a crucial sequence. in Nebraska um, tied the game uh, when they were down 4-1, to tied up at 4-4. Then Gunnar Hellstrom, his next A-B, he got that um, – the the ball in play. It was a double play, but it still scored to make it five to four Nebraska. They never gave the lead from there, going on to win eight to five. So you kinda of went into this regional and and you look at UConn, and you think to yourself, oh, UConn, I don't know much about them. I mean, they must be kind of garbage. Well, th- not really. I mean, in the RPI-wise, they're ranked above Nebraska. In the conference RPI, the American Athletic Conference, it's not the SEC, it's not the ACC, but it's actually ranked above the Big Ten. Uh, the AAC is at uh, five in conference RPI, and the Big Ten's at seven. So uh they were also in their big 10 uh or rather they were in their conference tournament title game they lost to Cincinnati in that one just like Nebraska so there's a lot of similarities they threw a lefty as well on Friday Nebraska threw a lefty um and, and there was a lot a lot of similarities between two teams but i think the biggest difference between Nebraska and Yukon baseball is that Nebraska they just play a little bit cleaner uh Nebraska has i think they're even better defensively than Oklahoma state i mean they they don't really commit errors um, but it wasn't just the defense, of course, that was amazing um, for Nebraska in the day. It was, of course, the bats, which I mentioned. Um, of course, Nebraska scoring eight runs. And if you think if you score eight runs in any game, that should be good enough to to win. But college baseball, of course, is a weird, weird game. So uh, what they'll do today is they're going to throw Matt Waldron. Oklahoma State's already got their ace out of the way. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who they'll be throwing on Saturday, but or rather I should say tonight. But I think that Matt Waldron is good enough to go blow for blow. Now, the biggest key... For Matt Waldron is he'll have to get out of that first inning unscathed. That's a, that's been in kind of an issue with Matt, um, and really just Nebraska throughout the season. I mean, you think you go back to that 9 a.m. Uh, Michigan game in the Big Ten tournament that that Saturday morning where Nebraska got a seven spot put up on him um, there. That was of course Reese ends on the mound, not Matt Waldron, and of course Matt Waldron had that shaky inning in the first there um, against Ohio State in the championship game. But of course Nebraska was able to get out of that after giving up just one run. But of course they did. End up going on to lose that game kind of in a in, in sort of ridiculous fashion with all those close plays that came down to replay and all of that, but we don't need to relitigate that but but I think for Matt Waldron it's just going to be getting out of that first inning that's what he has to do um i think to to be able to uh, g- help get Nebraska that early lead because again you don't want to be fighting from behind when you are away from home and you are playing one of the top ten national seeds in the the tournament I mean, I think that even though Oklahoma State is technically statistically and and record wise and all that better than a team like Oregon State, I still feel like Oregon State has that sort of swagger and that that kind of pedigree that Nebraska kind of shies away a bit and that was actually admitted as much because Nebraska did play Oregon State uh, in a four game series earlier this year in Nebraska. I remember the players coming out. On that media availability after that game, and they said, "To be honest, I know we always say we approach games the same way, but that was kind of a, a scare for them." But I think Nebraska is playing with all the confidence in the world, and and why shouldn't they be? I mean, they this is the best Nebraska team. Uh, well, maybe not better necessarily than 2017's version that actually won the Big Ten, but but since 2014, that has seen the most postseason success because they want actually won a regional game. So, and it's all it all comes down to. Um, not just the seniors. I mean, because there, there's there's um a, a a few of those guys, Angelo Altaville and Alex Henwood, who actually got his his tooth knocked out. He should be able to at least, according to reports, be able to actually come back and play. Um, the UConn base runner there in the first inning lost his lid and it hit Henwood in the mouth as soon as that ball was coming in. So that was kind of a scary moment for Alex Henwood. He actually lost a tooth, and and so he should be okay though. The, the senior there, um, but it's the freshman too on this team. That have been so impressive in the starting pitching and the relievers, guys like Shay Shaneman and Robbie Palkert, and of course Waldron and Fisher, like I already mentioned. But of course Spencer Schwellenbach, uh, the freshman, and guys like Mojo, who have more experience coming in. So I mean, it's 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 like Nebraska has been able to play maybe not a complete game for a lot of their their games, but they have all of the pieces in place to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Now. It's a question of will it all come together at the right time? Will it all be cooking just at the right moment? Can Nebraska f- kind of find that lightning in a bottle, so to speak? Because I think you need it. I think you need it when you're going to play um in a regional that you're not hosting. I mean you don't you you kind of need everything that you get uh or can get I should say so um here was Robbie Palker talking after the game. this this kind of quote um kind of raised some eyebrows um, in a good way uh, for Nebraska fans um. About the junior reliever was saying um, after sort of the whole idea that that Darren Erstad, of course, Nebraska baseball coach, uh, wasn't able to kind of win the big one because there's been a lot of I mean, you, and I'm sure if you've been paying any bit of attention at all, you've seen the naysayers come in, and I understand the ba- baseball team has still all, you know a lot of hill to climb, but it's not exactly been quiet the kind of you know the, I don't want to, do I say distrust? I'm not sure what the word is, but there's been a lot of people who have not exactly been quiet in voicing their displeasure with Darren Urshad the season, and so here's Robbie Palkert who, of course, in the game, pitched three and a third and gave up five hits but no runs and, and four strikeouts in a performance, and here's what he had to say uh, following the win.
0: Just fighting, man. I mean, I know Angelo and I, you know, have, have been into, you now three regionals, and up until now we were 0-4, and, 4 and God, we were pissed off, you know. I think all of us kind of put that on our backs, and we're saying, "No, this isn't. We're done with this." You know, we hate seeing, you know, in the news, you know, Darren Erstad can't win a regional game, and that's just not true.
2: You know, this team can win race baseball games. This team can win a regional. Um, you know, we're ready to fight. You know, and we're we're a big family, so you know, we're happy to go out there. We're happy to compete for each other. Um, you know, and we're we're going to continue to do that. And look, there's something to be said about playing with a chip on your shoulder. Uh, Erstad will time and again tell you that he doesn't necessarily think that you should be using external factors, as he calls it, to use that as a motivating force. But right now, when you're in the NCAA tournament, that might be the edge you get. Because you look at like where the other um, teams have done, um, look at what UNO did yesterday. Uh, they played in their first regional game. Um, I mean, I believe it, it had to be in program history, I think. Uh, Hopefully I'm not getting that wrong. But they, they took on UCLA, like, the number two team in the nation, at least according to the NCAA RPI. I mean, number two overall um, there, one of the best teams in all of college baseball. And they hung in there. They lost 5-2, but but it was they actually had a lead uh, for a little bit in the game. And then you look at a team like Creighton, who got shellacked by Michigan, a team that's been, been frankly, up and down um, this year. Creighton, of course, they came into that one as, as I think, the favorite. But they lost 6-0. Uh, so when you lose that, that kind of edge mentally, I think that can be uh, a kind of deciding factor of the game. Because let's be honest, we saw Michigan play in the Big Ten tournament. That's a team that plays the chip on their shoulder. Just like a Jack Blomgren, the shortstop, him and g getting after it. That's not a guy who's going to lay down um, when their back's up against the wall. And it took Nebraska all they could to get out of that game and actually secure their their burr their to, the, to the championship game after getting shellacked on Saturday morning. So obviously Creighton, they're still in it. You know, It's just one loss. It takes two losses to get bounced out. But when you kind of look at a team that's playing like Nebraska, you almost kind of – I hate using cliché. I really do. I'm not going to say, oh, throw out the record books because you can't do that. But when you look at Nebraska, the way they're playing, you would not count them out against anyone. Uh, Maybe Oregon State. (laughs) <laughs> but even even if you go back to that series, uh, y- you can you can see Nebraska actually uh, they made they made a little bit of noise. There were a couple of games that were completely out of hands, but there were some other games where Nebraska actually was, was kind of close in some of those. But uh, I digress. Anyway, uh, th- thanks for sticking around here on the K Line Husker Hour. As I said, my name is Tim Curran. Uh, Nebraska baseball. That's not the only story, of course, of the week we had um, on Thursday. The Big Bread Blitz tour. I hope I'm saying that right, the Big Red Blitz, uh, which was, I guess, should have been called the Big Red Meat Tour, as uh Bill Moose and Scott Frost and a bunch of all the other coaches, including Fred Hoyberg, uh traveled from Norfolk to Fremont and, and uh, the SAC Museum there in Ashland. And um they had they had some interesting things to say. We can <laughs> we can talk about that um next segment. But of course, um I actually did have a chance to catch up with one of the coaches on the tour um on Thursday. Uh, Mark Manning, the Nebraska wrestling coach. So we're going to have a conversation with him uh, coming up next segment. Of course, um, I do want to get to the other news, which it wasn't a shock to anyone that this happened, but of course Isaiah Roby, Nebraska forward, uh, announcing that he would forego his senior season and would stay in the NBA draft. Um, it's a course of loss for the Nebraska basketball program, um, but there's a couple of reasons why, I think, of course, um, the, the fan base, which I don't think they are anyway in the first place. But they, I think there's a couple reasons why you you don't need to be freaking out if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. Again, not that anyone really is. But uh, we're going to get to all of that uh, in a minute. But right now, of course, uh, we're going to step aside here for a really quick break. But when we come back, uh, my conversation with Mark Manning, Nebraska wrestling coach. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. The NCAA
0: Baseball Tournament continues tonight as the Huskers play Oklahoma State pregame at 6.30 on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN.
2: Welcome back, folks. KLIN Husker Hour here for you on a Saturday morning. My name is... Tim Curran, Kalan, Sports Director, again, normally joined by Cole Stukenholtz, but of course he is out this week uh, as he gave birth to his fourth child, little baby Violet, so of course congrats to him, uh, his wife, his whole family, that is fantastic news, Cole's going to be out for a little bit, um, of course unless Nebraska makes a Super Regional, then Cole, Cole assured me he would be back <laughs> for that, because Cole, um, be- believe you me, does does not like missing uh, the Kalen Husker hour, but... Um, Of course, there's a totally legitimate (laughs) reason to miss um, is is having a a birth of a a new child. So that's that's fantastic news. Um, As I mentioned before the break, we are in a minute going to hear from Nebraska wrestling coach Mark Manning, who was on the Big Red Blitz tour, along with Scott Frost and Amy Williams and Fred Hoiberg um, and Bill Moose and all the rest. Um, But before I get to that, uh, the big red blitz. There, there was a a little sampling of of, of some red meat, the Husker fans got, uh, and one of the ones, um, the the one that, the, the that Scott Frost said I'll get to in a second. That was the one that was passed around on social media quite a lot. That I think got some fans excited. But um, the other one too that that I think kind of got fans in a, in a tizzy as well was what Bill Moose and you athletic director said, um, at both the Norfolk and Fremont stops. Um, he said, quote, you don't come to Nebraska so you can go to Texas, you go to Texas so you can come to Nebraska. <laughs> of course, I wonder if that's a subtle dig at Sean Of course, I'm not sure, but I think that there has been a perception, especially in the national media, I don't think that Nebraska fans have ever really felt this way, but Nebraska, when they fell off the map, so to speak, in football, then... I think that there was a people basically were ready to to say to hold a funeral for Nebraska football. It would never be the same. Whereas programs like USC, when they go through uh lulls and, and and down years, then the constant talk and even at a school like Notre Dame, it's basically like, Oh well they'll be back soon eventually. But for Nebraska it was always oh well, Nebraska had their run, uh they've now receded to a program that will no longer be competitive ever. And I mean, you, th- you might it might sound like I'm exaggerating. I- I'm really not. I mean, this this is what you would hear if you turned on ESPN um, during the Bill Callahan years or or during Mike Riley years. You would you would hear things like that said with authority. Now, why Scott Frost is so beloved? Besides the fact that he was a a, a hometown guy or a, a home state guy, I should say, and won a national championship, that's obviously the the bulk of why Frost is popular. But he also Signifies this return to national prominence, and in some ways, at least one of the two areas, you are getting a little bit more positive national media coverage of Nebraska football. I mean, Nebraska is being paid attention to in a way. I mean, look at look at the Adrian Martinez Heisman hype. I mean, that's not something that's happened since Taylor Martinez had that game against K State um, all those years ago, and even that was fleeting. But with Frost, it feels a little bit more permanent. Uh, but of course, he and as Frost has said, and he said it as much on the tour. Nebraska needs to capitalize now when they have the chance because you cannot have more seasons that are four and eight. Now, I'm not, I don't think anyone's thinking Nebraska's going to be four and eight this year. I don't think anyone's saying that. But you have to capitalize immediately. And Frost, to his credit, has said, hey, year two is this is the year. I mean, this is the year where Nebraska gets things back on track. There are a lot of publications, actually, that think Nebraska's going to uh, be atop the Big Ten West. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go that far, given how there's a lot of question marks out there with the Big Ten West. I'm not really sure exactly how good are teams like Purdue, how good are these other teams. But you look at where Nebraska can go, now with Frost at the helm, there's no secret why people are excited. Um, and, and here's what he said um, to that as, as much here. I'm think i don't, I'm not sure if it was the Fremont stopper Norfolk or if he said this in Ashland, but he said, quote, If there's an emphasis this year, I want to be a tougher team, I want to be a more physical team, a tougher team, uh, he said. He continued, attitudes have really changed in the locker room. I feel really great about where our kids are from a mentality standpoint. But you guys all remember the Nebraska that was nasty, and when people got on the field with you, they were going to lose the next week too because we beat the bleep out of you. Now, he didn't say the S word. He said, well, a family program. I guess I will <laughs> I will leave it at that, um, which was true. Uh, the one caveat I'd probably add is that I think nebraska now uh they are not the smash, or the smash mouth style of football that most fans are used to of course it is the the you know r p o the run pass option Nebraska doesn't even run goal line sets even when they're on fourth and inches i mean it's just not so i would i would i think people when when you when you think of Nebraska football in the nineties it was power option it was smash mouth and and it's not what Nebraska runs now they don't need to in in fact they they shouldn't be running the wishbone like you'll hear people call into <laughs> sports talk shows and, and say Nebraska needs to run the wishbone and they need to give the fullback forty carries. That's that's not the identity of the pro- program and, and if you do that doesn't mean you're gonna be it's gonna be nineteen ninety five all all over again. So let's just pump the brakes on that. I have no problem with Frost saying this stuff. I really don't. I would just for a <laughs> I would just say, let's pump the brakes until you get to the season over. I mean, let's just, let's just, it's fine if he wants to say this, but just, I think the fans are, are it's it's only May. Well, technically today is the the first day of June. So there's, it's a long ways yet until the, the season opener there on August 31st. But let's, so let's just give it a rest, I think for now. I think the fans have got their sprinkling of red meat and you can leave it at that. Anyway, uh, without further ado, um, as I said, I did man- mention a. I caught up with uh, Mark May, Nebraska wrestling coach um, earlier this week, but actually right before he was about to depart on the tour, um, and I just asked him what kind of an event like that uh, meant to him.
1: Well, to me I, th- I think that just that just shows the the passion and um, the commitment to to the University of Nebraska first and foremost, and then to our athletic department and our athletes, just to support our fans. Give us and, um, just the passion and, and enthusiasm, um, for the University of Nebraska. It makes, it, it, it makes a coach feel really good that, that, that you have a passionate fan base and that they want to win at the highest level. And, um, you know, that's, that's, um, uh, that's in tune with what we're trying to do on an everyday basis in our development process of our, our teams and our program.
2: And Another kind of event that would kind of coincide with that, at least to a little bit, although it's not technically a a Husker specific event. You have the Final X in Lincoln that's that's coming up, um, when featuring two former Huskers, James Green and Jordan Burroughs. But first, just just how big of a boost um, can an event like this kind of give wrestling, um, not only just to your program but just the state as a whole?
1: Yeah, it's great. It's um, you know, young men uh, grow up eight, nine, ten years old. And, and when you're in a sport like wrestling or another Olympic sport, you, you, you grow up and you look at the Olympics every four years and you, Hey, I want to, I guys dream of being Olympic gold medalist, being on the Olympic team, representing team USA. And, and, uh, that's in a lot of these guys' hearts and minds. And, and, uh, that drives them and this event. Is is the process to make the world team and represent Team USA next this next fall, and so uh, it's um, man, it's just great. It's it it would be great uh, to pack the Devaney Center for for the Final X and really show the support of of both James Green, who's a four time All American, and George Burroughs, who was two time national champion here, from Nebraska. They, they they live and train in Lincoln. They make Lincoln their home, so um to have that support is is a huge boost.
2: Yeah, you, you mentioned of course James Green and, and Jordan Burroughs there. Um throughout your tenure, I think you've you've coached about nearly fifty all Americans, if I have the number right. Yeah. Um what is it about yeah. those two you think that that kind of sets them apart from all the rest? I mean, what do you think it is that makes those guys guys special?
1: Well, I think um Kind of like what I mentioned, they, they've, they had dreamed of being on the world level, being the best in their sport, not only in the nation, but the best in the world. And so they had that, that, that passion, um, when they were younger. And then, you know, Nebraska just provided an opportunity for that to, to really generate, um, you know, some momentum, um, after their college career was done and provide an opportunity for them to, to be the best.
2: Mm -hmm. I kind of want to use that as as kind of a segue into my, my next question, of course, and there's another um, young man that, that does seem to be up and coming who actually just wrapped up, uh, his Husker career, and that's uh, Tyler Berger, who uh, finished up as a national runner-up uh, back in March, I believe it was, during the NCAA championships. Um, I mean, Where do you see him kind of fit in that mold between Green and Burroughs as sort of a, a kind of next up-and-comer uh, to kind of maybe, possibly, I'm not sure what his plans are, but to be kind of that presence on a world stage?
1: Yeah, Tim, that's a great question. Tyler Berger chose Nebraska for, he's from the state of Oregon and he chose Nebraska because we had that element, because we had um, guys who were training for World Olympic um, team opportunities. And, and Tyler uh, saw himself as a young man wanting to aspire to that level. And so he chose Nebraska for that very purpose. And, um, you know, Tyler's going to stay on in our RTC And, um, our regional training center and be supported that way so he can make future world Olympic teams. So he's going to be in our room every day, you know, here this summer and, and, and through, throughout next year. And so he's, uh, he's in the process of, of putting himself in position to, to do that.
2: I wanted to switch gears up just a little bit, um, just about the program as a whole, the Hustlers, of course. Um, another top 10 national finish, of course, is Tyler Berger, as you just mentioned, um, who very, very nearly um, won it all. Uh, you're, of course, in, in probably what is the most or would have to be the most competitive conference, I think, in all of wrestling. I think, I think, I believe the only conference that has all 14 teams um that that are yeah. in the organization to actually wrestle. So that's that's incredible. But I mean what's kind of your vision for the program going forward? Obviously Nebraska's got a storied kind of legacy in wrestling, but but when you kind of look at it um going forward, what do you see uh for your for your program? What's that next level?
1: Yeah, we uh you know this is our fifth consecutive year of being in the top ten uh finish wise at the NCAA tournament. So our next jump, we have four all Americans coming back and uh some other guys that have been starters in our, in our, in our program. And so we, we feel that we've recruited really well. And, and uh Tim, we've got the right type of people in our program. And so it's really just to make that next jump really to put ourselves in position uh to win a national title, to win a big 10 title. And that's, that's the goal. And uh, we, we feel we have, you know, some really good wrestlers here and, and obviously, we just got to keep developing, and for them to keep growing and and uh, reach their potential.
2: Talking with Mark Manning, Nebraska wrestling coach. Um, kind of going off that, and and you, I think you've touched on it a little bit when you were talking about Tyler. But when you've got a, a recruit, and and you're selling him on the program, and especially when you're in a conference like the Big Ten, where there are so many you know schools and universities in that geographic area where they go to Iowa, they go to Penn State, and, and be competing at that national level. But what's your kind of specific hook? To those recruits uh, who want to wrestle for the Big Red, what what do you tell them?
1: Well, they're going to be part of a great family here at Nebraska. That's that's what I think a lot of young men choose when they when they make their choice and they choose Nebraska. It's because they have a family atmosphere. They know they have um, not only great wrestling and great academics, but they're they're going to be a part of our family for the rest of their life. So they're buying into something that's bigger than themselves and um uh, that's why they choose it because of just the the tightness of our team and how we why how we handle business
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, i i can see that well of course that that goes uh for you as well you've been with of course nebraska for a long time in fact when you when you do extensive Google research, like I do, uh, before interviews, <laughs> one of the first thing that that, that pops up um, when when you when you Google your name, coach, is is um, an article from the Lincoln Journal Star from about ten years ago that that said you almost left Nebraska to go to Iowa State. Um, not that we're, we're trying to relitigate that the whole thing now, but I'm just kind of curious what it's about. What is it about Nebraska, just the program, the university, the state, that um, that made you want to stay? That that makes this place special. When, um, of course, as we know, Iowa is a is a pretty huge wrestling state no matter where you go what is it about nebraska that, that makes it special to you
1: well it's uh that's interesting you bring that up tim but uh yeah it's it was really about the people you know and um and tom osborne was our athletic director during that time and coach osborne um it has had he's had a profound effect on my career and um just um uh, the relationship that we developed when he was an athletic director. I, I got to meet coach Osborne, obviously a few times, uh, early in my career, but, you know, I didn't really have a relationship with him. but I developed a relationship when he was an athletic director here and just the advice, the mentorship, um, and just someone from that, from that avenue to, to understand what you're going through and the choices that you have to make. You know, not only for you as a career, but for your family and, and how it affects everyone uh, involved was was really impactful for me. And, you know, the coach means a whole lot to me. I know he does all of his athletes, but um, and he, he means a lot to the state of Nebraska. And So uh, to have someone of influence like that is just was was everything to
2: me. Coach, you mentioned uh, Tom Osborne, of course, not only a legendary football coach in Nebraska, but, of course, the athletic director as well, as you mentioned. And now, of course, you have uh, Bill Moose, a brand-new athletic – well, I can, maybe not brand-new anymore, but uh, but a new athletic director. Yeah. Um, what do you think he's kind of meant and done uh, with the university at all the athletic pro- programs? I mean, you look around, you look at who he's brought in, Scott Frost – um, he's brought in, um, of course, Fred Hoyberg most recently. Um, when you kind of look at the state of, of Nebraska athletics as compared to maybe it even was when Nebraska just joined the Big Ten or, or whenever you look back, um, how do you feel about just the state of Nebraska athletics as a whole? Well,
1: I think it's on the rise. The vision, I think, is in place. And I think what I envision is, is this next five to ten years is going to be monumental In, in uh I I see championships and, and tremendous things happening um, here for our athletic department moving forward. And uh, it's, it's great that, that Bill's brought an attitude of getting back to the basics of getting back to what really um, matters most. And, and that's about relationships and about connecting, you know, like what we're doing today, you know, we're going to Norfolk, we're going to Fremont, we're going to Ashland and we're, we're reaching out to people and that's so important. And also, uh, you know, Bill's communication skills, um, with getting around the athletic department, getting to know people is, um, is, is big. You know,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: there's 24 sports here and everyone wants to, to be at the best level. And so it, it takes, it takes someone who understands what it, what it, what it, uh, what it takes to to reach that level, and that is good support, but also good mentorship.
2: Well, coach, um, I I really want to thank you for for give, being generous here with your time. At...
1: You bet, Tim, love it. Thanks for having us on.
2: That was Husker Wrestling Coach Mark Manning. What a fantastic ambassador for the program, and just a good guy to talk to. And I kind of in the next segment here, before we take a break, I do want to talk a little bit more about what he said at the end about how Nebraska is on the rise. Now it's easy for someone who is a representative of the university to say that, but I think there's a number of reasons why you can say that's correct. And one of the reasons why um, is, of course, Isaiah Roby, uh, who we'll be talking about next segment and how he could become the first Husker player placed in basketball to be drafted in the NBA since 1999. We'll talk about more that and more coming up here on the Kline Husker Hour.
1: You may have noticed some new trees planted along Lincoln streets, Or you may have planted a tree through the Parks and Recreation Department's Street Tree Voucher Program. These are the result of Two for Trees donations. Lincoln loves its trees for all they do. Clean our air, reduce energy expenses, increase property values, and add beauty to our city. You can hug a tree today. Just add a $2 donation to your water bill or donate online at twofortrees.info.
0: 1404 giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on
2: 1400 KLIN. Hey, folks, welcome back to it, the KLIN Husker Hour here for you on a Saturday morning. Again, my name is Tim Curran. Out this week, Cole Stugenholz, who is on paternity leave, um, giving birth to the, well, he didn't give birth <laughs> specifically, but his wife did, uh, to a new baby girl, little Violet Stugenholz. Earlier this week, so of course Cole will will not be with us at least for a couple weeks. But unless Nebraska makes a super regional, Cole said he's in. If Nebraska actually does indeed make a super regional in baseball, he will be back. Of course, Nebraska has their game against Oklahoma State tonight after their eight to five win against UConn. On Friday, they're going to play Oklahoma State tonight at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will start at 6.30 on KLAN. Now, that is a monumental game. Now, Nebraska, the cards are stacked against them a little bit just due to the opponent that they're facing and that they're in Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, I should say. Um, but it is at Brickyard Ballpark. The last time um, Nebraska won a Big 12, well, I guess even just a conference tournament title uh, in general um, was in when they were in the Big 12 in 2005 at Brickyard Ballpark. In 2005, and their one nothing win over Baylor, so maybe they they have some that little leftover magic for them. Um, and then Nebraska, I mean, my goodness, if, if Nebraska made a Super Regional again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, <laughs> this whole state would be um, nuts. So, so that's something. Um, anyway, uh, as as I promised, um, Isaiah Roby, of course, that was the news um, I wanted to get into. He, of course, made his decision final. To, I think no one's real surprise. Um, that he was going to leave uh, for the NBA, or rather keep his name in the NBA draft, uh, forego his senior year. And all things considered, I think it was the right decision. Uh, and, and obviously you always want to see guys stick around if you're if you if you're a fan of the team. But for Isaiah Roby, had he come back, that would have put um, some, some, some difficulties, I think, in terms of personnel, um, what you do going forward. Because you had Ivan... Uh, well, I'm going to get his name wrong, of course, Ivan Weidraogo, uh from France. You had, of course, Kevin Cross um, and a whole bunch of others uh, join the team. And in fact, Nebraska would have been over their 14 scholarships, um, or rather they only allowed 13 scholarships. They would have been at 14 had uh, Roby stayed on. So that would have created some type of issue. I'm not sure exactly how they would have uh, figured that out. So I think that uh, Hoiberg and the, and the rest of the staff kind of knew that Roby was moving on. So you're looking at an entirely new... Team next year. The only people returning uh, Thorier, Thorbjarnason and Deshaun Burke. Uh, one of the two uh, didn't even play because, of course, Deshaun Burke had to sit out because he transferred uh, from Robert Morris. And Thor, uh, of course, from Reykjavik, he was not a starter, but he did play in about 25 games, but only, only what, two points <laughs> last year and one big block, of course, against Iowa. But you basically have an entirely new team. And when you have a brand new coaching staff uh, coming in, he wants guys that are all in his system. Now, Roby would have, I think, probably flourished under Hoiberg, but you're still looking at a rebuild of sorts for uh, the upcoming season because when you have all brand new guys, um, you're gonna have. There's gonna be some growing pains, no matter how talented they are. And I think the, these guys are all talented. I mean, look at a guy like Samari Curtis. I mean, that's not a guy that would have even. Uh, Put one foot into the state of Nebraska before Fred Hoiberg um, got there. He, of course, he's uh, was named Ohio's Mr. Basketball and was committed to a couple of other schools before there were coaching changes there. So, Sabari Curtis, a six four guard, one hundred ninety pounds, he's going to be, I think, a game changer. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Uh, right away in the fall of 2019, that he's just going to come out there and and immediately because I mean they, I think he's going to be behind uh, at least Gervais Green and Cam Mack just to start just because they have that experience under their belt, but but I think he's a potentially game changing player. I think that um uh you you really just go down the list. I can just really quickly so so uh, Ivan Waydrago of course, who I mentioned earlier. Um, he's only 17 years old. He's he's not going to be able to make the team's trip to Italy because he's playing in the U18 European World Championships. Uh he's six foot nine, two hundred and sixty pounds, but can really move. He's not a he's not a uh brick by any means. He's he can really move and he's got that um you know, he's sort of like a bigger European version of Isaiah Roby, I'd like to think, just looking at the tape that I've seen, which is not exactly extensive, but that's just what my initial impression is. And Cam Mack, of course, the six foot two guard, a juco kind of star. Uh both him and Gervais Green kind of will fill that similar role there, uh those those guards there. And of course, you've got Matej Kavas from Slovenia, who, excuse me, is the the transfer from Seattle. Uh, he's going to be filling that role that uh, ostensibly that Nani Kenton was supposed to do last year. But Nani Kenton, of course, who's no longer with the team, uh, did not really fill that three point shooting role. But Matej Kavas does have a chance there—a six foot eight guard. <laughs> so another six foot eight guard, Delano Banton from, uh, well, he's actually originally from Canada, but he transferred from Western Kentucky. Uh, he's a sophomore, another six eight guard. That's a guy. Again, um, who's going to have to sit out, but uh, who will have an impact going forward. Uh, You also have Hanif Cheatham, another guard transfer. He's from, uh, well, he was at least originally with Marquette, but then with Florida Gulf Coast, so he's a grad transfer, so he'll be able to play immediately. Kevin Cross, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he's a freshman coming in out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And the other guys that I had not mentioned yet, uh, you have Shamil Stevenson. Uh, He's also from Toronto, so Nebraska getting that Canadian connection. Uh, he's a six six guard, again, a guy who I think can have an impact. He actually will have to get as a waiver so he can play right away in 2019 or else he'll have to wait until the spring of, of 2020, or rather that, that 2020, I guess, uh, to be able to play immediately. He was um, from Pitt and transferred to Nevada before Eric Musselman left, and so he went from to Pitt to Nevada to Nebraska <laughs> within a very short time frame. So uh, Shamil Stevenson, again, another guy that will make an impact. I'm so curious what Deshaun's got. I mean, Nebraska hasn't really been able to see him. He only played for Robert Morris and didn't play at all last year. You have, of course, a Cola Rope uh, from Creighton Prep, a Nebraska guy. And you have, of course, the walk-ons in Jace Piatkowski of course, the son of Nebraska legend Eric Piotrkowski, who also called in for Nebraska After Hours. So, f- f- friend of the show, I think I can confidently say, with Eric Piotrkowski. And you also have Charlie Easley right here from Lincoln, uh, from Pius, the 6'2 guard there. Those are walk-ons. So, y- you kind of look at the roster, and – a lot of the guys are question marks. In fact, I think you could probably say most of them are. But there's obvious talent um, in all these guys, and even just looking at the numbers, um, just their height, weight, stuff like that, you can start to envision what type of roles they'll they'll fill out. And but it, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be definitely different. Looking at that team out there on the on the floor. And uh, no one's going to recognize any of them <laughs> until they they get going. And a lot of the guys are only going to be here for a year because that their eligibility will be exhausted. after that, so that it's going to be. Oh, and of course, I forgot to mention Derek Walker. Uh, Derek Walker, of course, from Tennessee. He's a six eight junior. He'll have to sit out. So that's another one that's interesting. So Derek Walker, of course, um, he's going to be. I think uh, probably a, a big kind of big body kind of defensive presence too for Nebraska. So that's you have a bunch of guys who are all brand new to the program, and it's going to be interesting. So Isaiah Roby, of course, uh, all the best of luck to him. I think all Nebraska fans are, are pretty much unanimous in locks of agreement, even though they're going to miss him, uh, his three years. Of course, he was a fun guy to cover for for my year that I got to cover him. Um, really good guy, and if he develops an outside shot, I think could hang around the league for, for quite a bit. Um, anyway, got to catch another break, but uh, really excited for the next segment as I got to earlier this week. Catch up with both Carlos and Khalil Davis, um, who, of course, are football uh, members of the, the football team on the defensive line, but also are track and field athletes. They'll so be throwing discus um, next week in the NCAA Outdoor Championships in Austin, Texas. So they're going to be, um, Carlos will be in his fourth consecutive NCAA Championship, but Khalil, this is his first. So I got to catch up with both those guys. They're twins. They're very hard to tell apart. So I will apologize in advance that, uh, being that this is not the most visual of mediums anyway, uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult to try and tell who is who (laughs) when they're talking. But uh, they're a lot of fun. Guys. I mean, they're they're really fun to talk to. They had the whole defensive line during the interview, so it was very hard to kind of corral <laughs> them and try, try not to get them distracted too much, but um, anyway, I hope you enjoy that. Gonna step aside here for a quick break. When we come back, though, more of the KLN Husker Hour. The NCAA Baseball Tournament continues tonight as the Huskers play Oklahoma State
0: pregame at 6.30 on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400K to 82,000. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400KLIN.
2: Hey, folks, welcome back to it, the KLIN Husker Hour. I'm your host, KLIN Sports Director Tim Curran. Normally... With Cole Suginholz, but of course he is on paternity leave. His wife gave birth to their fourth child, little baby Violet. Uh, so great news for them. Cole's going to be gone for a little bit, but for now you have to deal with me flying solo. So I apologize to everyone. <laughs> Happen to put up with more of me, but but there it is. Um, as I mentioned before the break, uh, I got to catch up. I got I caught up, I should say, with Carlos and Khalil Davis. Uh, they're going to be competing in the NCAA Outdoor Championships. Uh, Carlos it'll be his fourth time and Khalil his first time. They're throwing discus. Um, Carlos finished third at the Big Ten Championships with a toss of was, let's see, fifty five point eight seven meters. Sorry to use all European metrics on you, but that's that's about what I got. Uh, and also he finished fourth and earned the number nine mark in program history last weekend at the NZLA West Preliminary Round. Um, also Khalil Davis again, as I said, his first appearance. He placed eighth at the Big Ten Championships with a throw of fifty two point nine meters. Uh, and he, of course, he will. This is, a, again, like I said, his first one uh, ever. So I, I did give a chance to, to catch up with them. And, of course, the whole defensive lineman, <laughs> you can't obviously see it, but um, as I was about to interview them, the whole defensive line there to support those guys um, as they were practicing out there on the Ed Weir track on Thursday, they all wandered out and, and were <laughs> goofing around with them. So, um, anyway, uh, I, I began by asking them just kind of, um, you know, what this whole experience has been like, and and um, take a listen. Well,
3: we, we've always been this way, but you know, got even more close when he when his brother came here. So, I mean, we've we've been here five years together. DJ, and then these two came; they were like our two little brothers. Then Darian came; and he was like our, you know, like my brother, and then to look over him. And Casey came. It's like it's like my son. So. It's like we kept adding people to the family, you know, <laughs> your little brothers <laughs> so. that we never got.
2: Well, you guys appreciate how unique that is. I mean, I mean, I know that's going to be a weird dynamic. Well, maybe not weird, but it, it's a certainly a unique thing to have two sets of, of brothers on the same team. I mean, how how fun does that make just being in that environment?
3: Uh, it's. I mean, I it's mean, we, we we all have a lot of character. You know, th- those two are different from us, but I mean, that brother rivalry just I mean, it's going on every day. Yeah.
2: I mean, this and this is like, you know, for you guys, a really impressive and, and, and really cool thing to be at the NCAAs. But at the same time, I mean, when was the last time you guys got a break? Uh, we don't really get a break, but we do go fishing. So that, that, <laughs> that's
3: our break. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, so fishing has been obviously important. I know you guys have – I've read about you guys fishing before. I mean, when did that all start, as, as little kids or – Yeah, my, uh,
3: my mom, she used to lock us in the house all the time. So we would go with our grandma. We She would take us out outdoors and go fishing and stuff. And then we found out that we really liked it. She used to cut them up for us, and, and, and we used to eat them. And then we kind of all learned that from her and brought it here.
2: So I'm going to start um, just a couple more questions before I let you guys go. Um, but really appreciate you guys giving me the time. Um, obviously, this year is is a really massive year. There's a lot of expectations uh, coming with Frost a year two, and also a brand new defensive line coach um, and all your defensive linemen <laughs> here as well. So wh- what's that been like with, with Coach T? He's come in. Uh, what has he maybe changed? What has maybe stayed the same? I mean, just just overall, how has that process been? He uh, he didn't really change much. He just brought in his own techniques that
3: are similar to what the old defense was with Dawson. So I mean, we've just been learning. He's he's been really good of transitioning us through the spring. So I MU mean, hasn't really been too hard on us. Same, yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't kind of you know most coaches they come in here and they try to break everybody down and you know be hard on us. He didn't do that. He knew we were an older set room. We have a lot of seniors. Our group senior led, so he just kind of he just stuck to uh, the basics. His and he taught us that the schemes had the same, so we didn't really have to learn the playbook again. We just had to learn what he wanted to teach us. So
2: we just. Built on it, kept it going. And I'll leave you guys with this, uh, the Big 10 West this year looks like it could be wide open. I mean, you have anywhere from Northwestern looking like they can take it or Iowa and even Nebraska. Number one. I mean, how do you look at that? I know we're a little bit away from the season, but when you look at that, do you feel yourself and Nebraska is able to take that one spot in the West?
3: Uh, I think Nebraska will win the West. I think we'll be in the Big 10 championship just because, I mean, the work ethic that we put in with these guys and how hard we work. And the way the team's going and growing and the way all the stuff we're doing <laughs> different from the season and even the offseason to now. You know, the, the sky's the limit for us. But I don't see anything less than a Big Ten championship this year. Do you agree, Khalil? <laughs> I do agree. Nothing, we don't want anything less than the Big Ten championship. So we're just going to work, keep working
2: until it happens. There you go. The sky's the limit. That was Carlos Davis being authoritative about Nebraska's chances to win the Big Ten West. Uh, fun guys to interview. As you could probably hear, a little bit chaotic. There was some crazy wind <laughs> blowing out on that weird track. There's a train in the background. They had a bunch of other track athletes that had their like dogs, which luckily did not bark during the interview. But also the <laughs> there was a lot there was a lot going on. Um, and again, a little bit hard to tell them apart. But but so it goes. Um, anyway, gotta step aside here for our one final break. This is the K L N Husker Hour. They say man is a comfort seeking creature, and that's true. But it's also true of every other creature that walks the earth, and those creatures that swim. Just as on a warm day in late spring, a man might open the refrigerator to grab a cold beer, a bass will seek cooler water. That's why you'll find the bass starting to move off their shallow spawning areas to swim near the drop-offs this time of year. So the bass fisherman will look to his depth finder to locate those areas where the water gets a bit deeper. He knows that if you want to find bass on a warm, late spring day, you look near the drop-offs. Just as wife knows that if she wants to find her husband on a warm, late spring day, she should watch the fridge. Any big box store can sell you the gear, but the gear doesn't catch the fish. You do. If you want to catch more fish, talk to the experts buy the gear and get the advice for free at wolf tackle just south of highway 2 on 48th street
0: i'm peter roman at wolf tackle and like you know you don't exaggerate you just remember big we know fifteen oh four husker football basketball baseball and beyond this is the klin husker hour on
2: 1400 klin hey folks welcome back to a klin husker hour KLAN Sports Director Tim Curran got just a couple minutes left on the show today. Again, you're going to want to tune in tonight at starting at 6:30 for coverage of Nebraska's game against Oklahoma State. Uh, Nebraska looking to, well, looking to make a Super Regional. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be, I mean, they they obviously it, tonight if they win they wouldn't be in a Super Regional, but they're looking to advance to a regional final would be more appropriate. But but uh, the ultimate goal, of course, would be to make it super original and then on to Omaha, which if you kind of look back at the season, even just a month and a half ago, you would think that would be insane, which it still kind of is insane. But <laughs> I, I think um, Nebraska has shown in their run uh, over the last two weeks of the regular season and during the Big Ten tournament um, and, of course, against UConn on Friday – that They have what it takes to, take to make some noise. Of course, I think that when you had Robbie uh, Palkert, junior reliever, throw 57 pitches on Friday, I think that wasn't ideal because you're going to want to g- use him again on Sunday um, because, again, uh, on Sunday when they've been throwing Reese, they've had to kind of go pitching by committee because Reese hasn't really been able to throw that many innings. Um, so, of course, it would have been a lot nice, nicer, I should say, for Nebraska – Had Nate Fisher been able to go um, maybe five, six innings, um, but of course he went four and two-thirds, and so that was uh, a a little bit of an awkward position that put Nebraska in because they had to throw Palkert uh, three and a third. Uh, They would have loved to just use him maybe for an inning two, and maybe not even have to use him at all. But um, it is what it is. Nebraska, of course, you can't complain too much because they are in the driver's seat, so to speak, Uh, but they're going to have all they can handle tonight against Oklahoma State. Uh, that is quite a, a bit of a challenge. And again, of course, Oklahoma State, they are the host, uh, even though the game is not being played in Stillwater. It's in uh, Bricktown Ballpark in Oklahoma City. at uh, The location, as I said earlier in the show, of Nebraska is the last time they won a conference tournament title uh, way back in 2005. And of course, that was the last time Nebraska actually made it to the College World Series, so that's uh, something else. Um, but uh, again, <laughs> let's not <laughs> go there just quite yet. So Nebraska, of course, again, you can tune in starting at 630 for coverage of that. I think what you're going to get from Waldron, as I mentioned earlier, uh, if Nebraska can get out of that first inning without giving up a run, and if they can take an early lead, even if it's only by uh, one run or two runs, I think that's what Nebraska needs to give them that edge. I think that's what they need to be able to finally put away uh, the demons, so to speak, because, as I mentioned, Friday's, that, that win there was their first regional win since 2014, and their first round – let me, let me try this again. Their first time they won uh, on day one in the first round of the NCAA tournament since 2008, so when they were actually kind of put themselves in the winner's bracket. That's, it's been quite a long time, uh, not since Darren Nurse has been head coach, since has Nebraska been able to do that, so, or rather since Mike Anderson, I should say. So uh, today is a, is a huge day for a, a number of reasons for Nebraska – Uh, for Nebraska baseball fans. And also, as I was talking with Mark Manning earlier, just the program in general, uh, looking at uh, new heights, so to speak. So, again, as I said, tune in starting at 630 tonight for coverage of Nebraska baseball and Oklahoma State. We'll see you next week.